Welcome to Unsolicited with Jenny and Mary. I'm your host, Mary O'Regan, and... I'm Jenny Yu. There you go. And <laughs> together we host a podcast called Unsolicited containing mostly intelligent thoughts on things that may or may not matter. And every now and then we do a little interview. And today we have a fascinating subject, Miss Amy <laughs> Lee Morgan. She is a longtime friend of both Jenny and I. And not only is Amy just like an all around creative, wonderful human, but she also has this interesting side job that she's got going on that is hypnotherapy and this is a really interesting topic that we're super excited to talk to her about because it we just have so many questions around it so hi amy hi how's it going (laughs) (laughs) well you're getting sleepy you're getting very whoa very Sleepy. Is it working? <laughs> you feel sleepy. Yes, <laughs> kind of. But so, I don't think it's. Yeah, I don't just, think it's because of what you yeah, just from normal life. Is why. Just from working all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Hi, what, Amy? What is hypnotherapy? Yeah. So hypnotherapy is basically it's a it's a therapeutic mode. Well, it's two things. Hypnotherapy is a therapeutic mode. Hypnosis is just a state of being hypnotized. Okay. Um, right. So hypnosis is, is, is the state of mind that you enter into. Hypnotherapy mm-hmm. is the hopefully positive, um, positive therapeutic work that happens while you are hypnotized. Okay. Is like, hypnosis? Like go ahead. Well, like what's in it? I'm thinking like, so can you give like, a just kind of a quick, easy example of like what what a positive thing that would happen is it like 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 smoking uh, ces- is it cessation is that is that the word like yeah. something like that that would be like a positive outcome of hypnotherapy. Absolutely, yeah, totally. Okay. So like it's really um, basically the reason that hypnosis is really useful is that um, our minds operate on a couple of different levels, and to be just super reductionistic. I'll just bring it back to our minds for the purposes of this conversation. We're going to break it down into the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. So the conscious mind is the part that you're aware of, right? It's the part that's like, what do I want to eat for dinner tonight? Like, how do I get to my dad's house? Um, Your subconscious mind is the part where all of your, you might think of it as sort of like the, I have this image of like, like if your mind is like a stratified, you can think of all of the ideas and images and beliefs and um, all the things that you absorb about what life is and what it means that you get told throughout your whole life. Think of all the things as like rain falling and your subconscious mind is where all those things like sink through down the layers of your soil and they sort of collect in the, in the foundation into one big, like complex mass that makes you part of what makes you, you. That is so poetic. (laughs) I was like, heavy. (laughs) Wow. Heavy, real and deep. Um, Do you have a t-shirt that says that? You should. (laughs) Heavy, real real and deep. deep. Totally. Heavy, real and deep. Of my, my first (laughs) book. And it's going to be a fantasy novel about a shapeshifting box. Um, <laughs> I'd read that. 
Um, so the reason that uh, the way that hip, hypnotherapy works or the way that hypnosis works is basically that your subconscious mind is actually in the driver's seat. Like there's this really fantastic metaphor for the mind, which is that um, you might think of your conscious mind as um, as an elephant rider and your subconscious mind is the elephant. Mm. And so your subconscious mind, your, your conscious mind thinks that it's in control, right? Like I'm on top of the elephant. We're going to go right. But really, the elephant is totally in charge. Like, you can't make an elephant do anything, really. Right. I mean, I hear they're pretty food motivated, but I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> right. But the, well, I, I mean, to extend the metaphor, it's actually super effective because they're very trainable. Right. But mm. people don't really think about that. Like, that's not something we do in our culture very much is think about training our subconscious mind. You and can, so, though. People I mean, are so fucking adaptable when it gets down to it. Right? Yeah, they really are. Um, so what do we do? We just suppress it, right? Yeah, we just, you know, or we just like, we don't even pay attention to it. So you might think about like, think about a habit that you might have that you consciously you want to change, but that for some reason you never quite can. Picking my cuticles. You know, I'm doing it right now. You're Mary, picking stop. your cuticles. Yeah, I can't. I just don't even really want to stop. <laughs> Mary, you're very sleepy. Stop. Oh, no. <laughs> so basically... In hypnotherapy, what we do is get somebody into what we call an, it's like basically an alpha wave state. Like, you know, that beautiful state in between waking and sleep where you're just <gasps> like, you're sort of floating there. And I love that state. Information. Yeah. Right. It's the, um, well, that's basically a hypnotic state. Like, that's, you're very suggestible in that so you, moment. So and you do kind of want people to fall asleep a little bit. Yeah. Okay. A half yeah, sleep. I mean, you don't... <laughs> so they should feel really tired. No, they shouldn't feel tired. It's it's an altered state. So we're we're in a state of hypnosis all the fucking time in our lives. Oh, what? like when you're all on the... autopilot, kind of. When you're on autopilot, when you're driving, yeah. when you're engrossed in a book, when you're and you suddenly realize up. that you can't remember like the last twenty minutes of your life. <laughs> Right. You somehow got to work. You're like, how did I get to work just now? I mean, get to work. Right. We're hypnotized all the time. Oh, man, that's so crazy. And not paying attention to. I mean, you know, it's just a, it's a state that we slip. It's a very natural state. Like, mm-hmm. kids are in a hypnotic state continually. Hmm. Um, and so it's not necessarily a state of being sleepy, although that can be part of it. But it's more a state of being... Um, how do I say? You know, how do you it's know? Not like, it's not like lucid, is it? Or no? Uh, yeah, it's totally lucid. You remember. I mean, you know, that's the thing. It's like on TV. It's like, you know, it's always like it's this magic trick. Like, um, yeah. You know, like the latest one was in those fucking cheesy, but kind of fun magic movies with like Jesse Eisenberg and Woody Harrelson, mesmerist. And so he just walks up and like whispers some shit into somebody's ear and then they're like oh I feel like I'm in France or so when I hear the trigger word I'm going to jump on a desk and play the cello and you're not going to be able to <laughs> right you're going to like yep. a chicken right um, yep the chicken the chicken clucking the chicken that's everyone's deepest fear you're not going to make me cluck like a chicken are you I mean that used um, to happen in the gym and when we were in high school and the guy would come and hypnotize whoever was able wait so you mentioned this before Mary what back it up you what they had gym? a hypnotist at your you don't high school this? gym yeah every year the senior I don't class. remember this every year the senior class would have a lock-in 
and there and you would stay overnight at the school the whole night. Oh no, like no, it no, was no, 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 no. Yeah, it was a lock in. So there would be like parents there as supervisors. <laughs> and there would be like a you know, like a, a local band would play or whatever and they would have some games and stuff and, and one of the things was there was a hypnotist who would come and like he would talk to everybody, the whole room, and usually only about a dozen kids would actually get hypnotized. And it was never kids that you would think would be brave enough to go on stage normally. Like, really shy, nerdy people would be on stage, like, doing the silliest shit that he would ask them to do. But they truly did not seem to have any real, like, control that over it. terrible. It's, yeah, I know. I- like, I can't imagine what they must have <laughs> felt like afterward, knowing that they clucked like a chicken on front, you know, in front of the whole gymnasium yeah. full of their peers. I gotta say, I watched 23 episodes of Law & Order SVU this weekend. Amy knows this. <laughs> and I, that just sounds really wrong. That sounds like you're taking advantage of those kids. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> anyway. question mark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Olivia Benson would not approve. <laughs> but moving on. Moving on. So is that um, so yeah. kind of hypnosis real? Like, what's going on when you can group hypnotize like that? It is because basically what's happening. So there's a lead up to that, which I actually don't know how to do that kind of hypnosis. Um, I'm I'm curious about it, but at the same time, it's sort of beside the. It's not really. It's not therapy. Useful. It's like magic trip hypnosis. Yeah, it's not like I'm not really yeah. interested in what it's, and it's for. But sort of, it is sort of taking advantage of people in a way that doesn't seem quite right. Yeah. Well, so the in so in the lead up to it, basically what happens is that the hypnotist is looking, you know, so he's looking out or she's looking out over a group of people, and then there are these lead up steps where it's what they call the induction, which is the part mm-hmm. where you're getting people to go into trance, and basically there's a series of like um, usually physical movements, so it's like you know clasp your hands together really tightly and then let them go, or like roll your eyes and look up at the ceiling, or like you know watch watch the watch, right? Like watch mm-hmm. the singing, um, and through the course of that, basically what's happening is that it's it's like uh it's just like throwing it out there and seeing what'll stick. So he's like, all right, everybody do this thing, and trusting that you know, like some percentage, like 1%, 2% of the people are going to be, you have to want to be hypnotized. First of all, you can't, somebody can't mm. just come and like stare deeply into your eyes and then you lose all sense of self-control. You need to be open like, to it. You have to be open to it. Like you mm-hmm. have to be willing to engage in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, so there's the setup where it's like, I'm a hypnotist. So you're, you're setting up these beliefs where it's like, I'm a hypnotist. So I'm this person who has you know, some amount of power. We're going to have this experience together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so now we're going to practice doing these things and sort of watching to see. And with and with every step of the induction, it'll be like, okay, now you're clasping your hands together really strongly. And now, um, and now you can't pull them apart, even if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Right? And so then there's this moment where your subconscious mind is like, oh, I've been on board all the rest of the way, like, God, I guess that might be true. Mm-hmm. Like if you fully believe so it, it will be true. If you fully believe it. Right. So that's mm. belief, belief and imagination are the two primary it's sort of ingredients in a successful hypnosis. You have so to do believe you think it. is a certain type of person more susceptible, like somebody who's really open-minded or really in, in yeah. like touch with their like imaginative. Or, yeah. You know, not necessarily. I mean, you know, for something like a, like a mass hypnosis, like first stage hypnosis, then yeah, you know, there might be, yeah, you, 
you'll be a certain, you'll have a certain mindset or a certain willingness. But in a therapeutic setting, um, I mean, again, you have you have to be willing to. So, mm-hmm. sort of by, like that eliminates people coming in and it not working because the fact that you've already come into someone's office and said, "I'm going to yeah. do this thing," mm-hmm. you're you're on board. Do you think that there's um, any correlation between that and like where at like evangelical megachurches people are like falling down to the mm-hmm. floor and speaking in tongues and stuff? Is it because their pastor is maybe hypnotizing them? Basically, yeah. Wow. And yeah, they've, bu- I mean, they've already professed that they're like into it. Like they're yeah. there for that reason. Yeah. And they like want it to happen yeah. probably. They want it to happen. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, in a group, I mean, you know, in that, that mob consciousness. Yeah. yeah. People mm. are totally Have you ever done that, Amy, <laughs> where you like were hypnotized without even like really looking for it, but like maybe a, I don't know. At a, in a gymnasium or something? <laughs> well, I mean, I've never My favorite, my favorite thing is that, that coming back to this high school gymnasium. Yeah. This is my first experience ever like, witnessing hypno, like hypnosis, is in a gym with yeah. like all, everybody I graduated from high school with. <laughs> I know that I just never, I I have never actually participated in or even witnessed stage stage hypnosis except for on television. Okay. Yeah, I um, haven't either. Green, like, um, but but sure, I've experienced what what I can look at and identify now as hypnotic trance. I mm-hmm. mean, just think about like when you're out dancing. I know you're like, gonna say that, Ooh. right? Like you're out clubbing. Yep. You're yep. in the beat, right? And yeah. it's like you know, like you hit flow. Yeah. And you're just yeah. like, yeah. You like, just like throw your head back, and you're like, woo, love You know, I think all these analogies like in the, you know, the waking sleep part and like dancing and stuff, I feel like that really makes it more accessible for people to understand what it feels like to be hypnotized. Because that's something that Mm -hmm. I always had a hard time imagining. Like, what the hell does that feel like? Right. Because you have that. Well, you have that. um, Obviously, you're what is it? A lockdown lock in? What? What what was the thing called? Lock in. The yeah. Lo- yeah, you have your like lock-in situation, and then the other—I mean, really, the only other things that we see, like Amy was saying, are like on TV and in movies, yeah. which are you know just beyond like over the top, obviously. Yeah. You know, like Woody Harrelson whispering something, and all of a sudden you're his under his command. It's true. You're his slave. Is that what he does <laughs> on the <laughs> show? Is he in a there's show where he does that? Robert. I don't know. What was yeah? It? What there's was there. The... What are they called? There's two movies where they're. Oh, is that where they go to Vegas? Yeah, Catch Me. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you watch those? those? Of course you watch those. You see all the movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a really awesome um, Robert Redford heist movie from the 70s where the, you know, and it's the trope of like, we're going to get the gang back together to do one last job. And, um, and the, one of the key players is a woman, I can't remember what they call her, but it's like, you know, some like the empress or the, you know, and, um, and she's the key. She, she has to hypnotize the bank manager so that when Robert Redford says the trigger word, he'll start running his program. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, and, oh wait, it, I mean, no, was that from the sixties? Maybe it's from the sixties. It's really good. I mean, it's silly, but it's good. cool. 
I was thinking it, of that later it, one with River Phoenix, but oh yeah. So this Never is mind. all the stuff. There are all of these, you know, there are all these stories about um, the CIA and the. 60s. I don't know if this was part of the MK Ultra program or if it was just like tangential to it. But you know, in the 60s, the CIA was doing, in the 50s and 60s, CIA was doing like deep fuck mind experiments on all kinds of people with LSD and with Stranger Things, right? Yeah, yeah Stranger totally. Things talks about MK Ultra. Yeah, completely. So that's that's totally a thing, and there are all sorts of fascinating. Uh, there's a lot of fascinating reading material around the CIA doing experiments with hypnosis to see if they could use that in espionage and in, you know, whatever, whatever mm. they were doing with it. Um, none of that stuff is stuff that happens in hypnotherapy. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens in hypnotherapy? Somebody comes in with a problem, like depression or anxiety. Someone comes in with a problem. Um, depression, anxiety. Um, the two big ones for, um, for hypnotherapy are smoking and eating. Oh, so um, usually like a bad habit more so than a mental illness? Yeah, a lot of times it's a bad habit, um, you know, or it's just an unwanted habit. You right. know, so emotional eaters is a huge one. Okay. And then, and, um, and then smoking, I want to quit smoking, mm. or, you know, or, or drugs, but like mostly smoking. Right. Um, and so basically sort of the standard program like if, if some, so if you're a smoker and you sign up for a smoking cessation program with a hypnotherapist chances are pretty good like nine times out of ten what you're going to get is a lot of um, a lot of sort of like blunt force behavior modifications so they'll do a lot of things like um, yeah, it's called like aversion therapy I can't remember the actual term is but mm. where you basically are let's say you're like you'll be in trance and they'll have you go to a state where you've got um, cigarettes in one hand, you know, and you're really like feeling that good feeling that you feel when you smoke. And, you know, they really like activate it emotionally for you. So this is the imagination part, right? They really mm-hmm. engage your imagination that you really feel all the yummy stuff around the smoking. Yeah. And on the other hand, they'll have you imagine something super, super gross to you. So they're like, just bring up like the most disgusting thing you can. And it's really important that this come from the subject, like that the hypnotherapy isn't like, I'm going to pick something gross. It's like, no, it has right. to be something that like the subject really is revolted by. Right. And they'll bring that up super strongly. And then you have them like smash their hands together. And so now <laughs> the good thing is inextricably linked with like the physically smash their hands together. Yep, they'll bring your hands together. It Doesn't does something like that disrupt the the hypnotic state? No, not at all. Okay. Not even a little bit. Hmm. Way. I mean, it can deeper. Moving your body can actually take you deeper when you're in session. Oh, that's crazy. Right. And so, I mean, just just think about like a great metaphor or an ex- like think about when you're like play acting with little kids, like you're playing make believe. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. It's one thing where you're both like sitting on the bed and you're making up the story. You know, you're sitting on the floor and you're like, okay, like you're the princess and here's the food and here's the thing. But think about like how much deeper and more real it becomes as soon as they start moving their bodies and doing the pantomime around the action, like for making the pie and we're going to drink. Yeah. Right. Right? Or having props. Yeah. Or having props. Totally. And so, so that act of like you're physically bringing, and that's why you use the hands. It's like, 
you're feeling the weight of the things in each hand. You're really making it super real. And then you push them together. And then it's like, oh, no, like now forever this smoking is completely contaminated with whatever poop or Oh my whatever. god! What is, it's like whatever the thing. It's like a it's like a subconscious Reese's peanut butter cup. It is exactly like, that. You got your chocolate in my peanut butter. You got your peanut butter in my chocolate. Except <laughs> in one case, the chocolate is maybe something you don't like. <laughs> it's something you don't like, and so then it ruins it. So there, are, so there are all different kinds of there are all different kinds of things that you can do with that. So that's basically like ninety percent of the time, if you go to see a hypnotherapist, you're going to run some iteration of that. And it can take a couple of times. It's not, I mean, some people, I have one friend who went to see a hypnotherapist once to quit smoking and she had been smoking for like 20 years and she said she left the office. She doesn't even really remember like what the, the trick was, like what the image was. She's never wanted a cigarette again. Whoa. Like not, Whoa. not even amazing. a little bit. Oh my like, God. Yeah, can you talk to my brother? Subconscious mind. <laughs> like, so basically what you're doing in hypnosis is that, so the subconscious mind is like, it's really powerful, but it's kind of dumb. And so it, you just put all this stuff in there and then it runs a program. Like it's totally running a program. And so basically hypnosis is reprogramming your subconscious to be fully on board so that your conscious mind and your subconscious mind are like in sync. They are, mm. they are in agreement. Um, so, that, so that's one level. The level that I work at, and, and I want to be very clear. Wait, I even pulled up. Hold on. I have a book here. Um, has this fantastic phrase. Um, so in most states, a hypnotherapist who is not a who is not a licensed mental health professional mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is referred to as a lay hypnotist. And so these people are not licensed to treat or diagnose physical or mental illnesses. Okay. Um so you can do all kinds of things. I just, I just want to be really clear. Like I am a lay hypnotist. I am not like, I have not been to grad school. I'm not a licensed mental health counselor. I'm not, a, and I have a master's in social work. Um, I, I have lots of training and I've done lots of study, but when you're looking for a, uh, when you're looking for a, a hypnotherapist, um, that's just something to, to look at, you know, is to say mm-hmm. like what level of, um, yeah, what kind of education do you have, right? Yeah, yeah, because absolutely. Is that something so you want to do? Is become licensed and all that? Oh God, eventually, but she's rice is expensive, and yeah, it's, oh, really, <laughs> is it a big? Process? They do not. It's and yeah, I could talk. That could be a whole other show. Because <laughs> it's probably is it is it even more than just grad school? It's like grad school and then getting yeah. certified. And, yeah. Yeah, 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 I would do the grad school in a heartbeat. The part that's hard is that you then have to do in, in Washington State. It's really rigorous, which is great, but at the same time, it's sort of a it's it's burdensome. You have to do I can't remember like something crazy, like some x number of thousands of hours wow. of um, yeah of supervised work where you're making basically nothing. Um, that would be hard. Yeah. That's- that's difficult. It, it's a big deal. Like it's really hard to make a living as a um, as a mental health professional, especially when you're just getting started. Wow. Um. Yeah. Things things to remember when you're working with your therapist is that they really want to be there. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> um. So, so the kind of work that 
that I do and that I find is more effective and that lasts longer than, I mean, you know, cause so there are these cases where it's like, Oh my God, you know, I went to that one session and I've never wanted to smoke again. But a lot of times what will happen is that people will go and they'll do a session or they'll do six sessions. And it's this sort of, um, just the surface level reprogramming. And by surface level, I mean that you're not really getting into your motivations about why you're doing the behavior that you don't want to do anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you, and that's the therapy piece, which is, so if you want to do that sort of deeper work, um, it's nice to work with someone who's a licensed mental health professional just so that they can handle, handle whatever. Yeah. Right. Like whatever your issues are. Um, so the, the method that I, that I do is a lot more traditional therapy based and, like, have you ever had an experience where you've been working with a therapist and you've, say, been going to see this therapist for I don't know how long, but, like, all you're doing is talking around your problem. Right. That's and you're me. Like, <laughs> right? You're like, I know why I do these things. Like, yeah. I can I can map it back to my dad or, you know, whatever the thing is. Oh, totally. Um, I mean, that's what you're sucks really... sometimes about being introspective and remotely intelligent. Right. Is oh. that you're kind of like, I know what's going on. We both know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Torture. <laughs> Right. Ignorance you is bliss, really man. That's it. real. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't look. It's true. Um, <laughs> that's how, that's it's probably true. how most of America like goes to work and lives every day. I would tend to agree yeah. with that. It is. Just don't look. Horse blinders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, you were saying. But I was saying. <laughs> um, so in hypnotherapy, the thing this is the reason that like I love hypnotherapy as a therapeutic tool, like just like another tool for a therapist to use is that basically if you get your clients into trance, what you can do is actually you, you circumvent the conscious mind. Like you get past the point of talking in circles and you start really working the emotional piece, which is all of that subconscious material. And so, ah, and that's like you you have therapy, you, you have, yeah, That's where the real it's like you have the password can, to get through. Yeah, totally. And so you can basically sort of reactivate the emotional state that was that your younger self had at like at the moment of the traumatic incident, you know, regardless of the scope of the traumatic incident. If you reactivate that emotional state and then you have you basically try to have like a corrective experience in that state. So right. like super cool is um like for me, when I'm doing a smoking cessation program, what I will do is put people in a trance and then we basically go to a time, you know, like the last time that they really, really wanted to smoke. And then we back up a couple of minutes and we go, okay, so like now I'll go to the moment right before you really, really wanted to smoke. Like what was happening in that moment? And that's usually the key to everything, right? Yeah. That's the moment the where somebody's like, Right. Where they're like, oh, I was bored or I was anxious or, you know, I, I had had a fight with someone. Right. And then you start following that thread back through their unconscious and you're like, OK, so like now let's go back to like the first time that you felt that in your life. Like, let's go back. And and then you work in that space. So you basically I call it time traveling where it's like you work a couple of different it's what it's like. And then it's you totally like time travel, though. Yeah, and it's amazing because you go back and it's, but you still have your, it's not like you're totally that child again. It's like you are keeping your adult 
consciousness, your mature resources. And so you go back and you go like, so they're really activated in this emotional state. You're really worked up. And then a, a good therapist will say, okay, so now, you know, let's bring in your adult self and let's bring in that adult perspective. So like, what's really going on here? What does that kid really need to say? What does this adult really need to do? Yeah. Yeah. That's and heavy shit, created- dude. <laughs> It's awesome. It's so. It powerful. is awesome. Like, it's just kind of. It's just kind of mind blowing, you know. Have you talked to your <laughs> child self? Oh yeah, all, all the time. You guys are in <laughs> convo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I am in a two-year program right now where we go for a long weekend um, every like quarterly. Yeah. And you just run sessions. Like you're the subject. You observe. You're the practitioner. So like I have spent a lot of time in hypnotic state going back and hanging out with a little Amy. Cool. And, uh, do you feel giving like, him some new information? Do you feel like pursuing this kind of like profession has only helped you personally too? Because it's like you're getting free hypnotherapy along with learning how to be a hypnotherapist. Yeah, totally. I mean it's not free, but yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> it's combined. Yeah, <laughs> There's a really great saying in um, in the sort of psychotherapeutic community that most research is knee search. Ha <laughs> you like that? Knee mm. search, yeah. Little rhymey. Oh, but I mean, seriously, like the things that people specialize in and the things that people are drawn to are usually just their own shit. It's not just shit, like it gives them that insight. It gives them that empathy. It gives them they're much more easily able to hold a therapeutic space and do good work in that space because they understand it. Like it's their yeah. own. Wow. It's totally. a level of empathy kind of thing. That's really um, cool. Yeah, man. It's nice. Yeah, so dude. how do you, how do you know, like if, if somebody's doing hypnotherapy and they're like, you know, maybe doing it kind of regularly with their therapist, how do, how do they know if it's working? Is it like they just, they can get to that space and kind of, feel like I don't know like it's having an impact what do you mean when you say they get to that space like when they're being hypnotized they know that mm. they're doing the work I guess too, like it, it would depend on like what you're going to hypnotherapy for right so like smoking so, yeah. cessation the end result would be to stop smoking right but if it's something if it's something more broad you know like repairing a relationship with a parent or something like that like right. I don't know I guess that would take time yeah it can take time. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, there's all these different levels. So there's like the quick and dirty of like, how fast can I, can I stop doing this thing? Like a lot of reason people go to hypnotherapists is because, um, they just want to change habits without really doing a lot of, of introspection, you know, right. deep. Like, yeah. I can deal with my childhood issues. That's done. Like I want to close that box forever. Right. Can you just make me not chew my cuticles or whatever the thing is. <laughs> Interesting. Mary, so, do you, do you, do you pick your cuticles because of a deep seated childhood issue? <laughs> uh, I don't you, really know. You're like, Maybe. I'm just always hated cuticles. <laughs> They're so annoying. They, they keep crazy. growing back. <laughs> Probably. Stop it. I don't know. I'm glad that I don't I'll bite my nails it. anymore. It seemed like it was a progression. I originally was a, a nail biter. And then that kind of ended and I became a cuticle picker, which I do prefer to biting nails. That's why I pick my cuticles too. My mom used to slap my hands every time I would chew my nails and I'm like, I'm not eating my nails. I'm eating my finger. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Which is really like, 
I know a couple of people <laughs> who bite their nails and I feel like those people are sick all the time because they're constantly really? putting germs in their mouths via their hands. That's an interesting why do you conclusion. Think your nails have, we're totally off topic, but why do you think your nails have germs that your cuticles don't? Well, because I'm not putting them in my mouth. Your cuticle? Yeah. Oh, you're picking them with fingers. Picking it, yeah, yeah, with my other nails. You know, got so you're it, keeping it away it. from the right. mouth. But with nail <laughs> biting, it's like, hey, germs I touched all day long. Put Here you go, in my mouth. <laughs> you know, like, gross. I, you know what? Again, off topic. I used to pick, you know, the side of your thumb. Yeah. You know, has, I used to pick that. And then I got some sort of, something happened to one of my thumbnails where it was a disfigured. Yikes. Like, like, like bent it and weird. Probably a fungus or something, right? Yep. I went to a dermatologist and she was like, maybe you should stop picking up the side of your thumb. And I did. And within six weeks, it was totally gone. And my nails have been normal since then. Totally. And that's awesome. why I well, don't pick me, up my nails at for all. Me, it is like directly related to like stress levels. So like if I'm more stressed yeah. out, I'm going to be picking up more. And like when life is cool and chill, like my cuticles look great. So it's totally just, <laughs> so I will come, I'll kind of like let myself have a pass when I'm mad stressed out. Cause I don't need to be like quitting a habit at the same time that I'm at like peak oh stress. Oh my God, right? You know? I kind of, I kind of think maybe you should try hypnotherapy for your cuticle situation. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should, I, mean, I think you should submit your, or, you know, if donate. What am I trying to say? Since it really Give yourself is, into science. Yeah. It really is. My subconscious is doing it too. I will not, I'll be like halfway through like picking my feet and then suddenly realize even i'm even doing it you know yeah it's no good <laughs> you're like in a fugue state and then you're like oh my god what happened seriously it's pathetic i'm just saying it's awful i yeah. seriously will not even know that i'm stressed out of my life like i'll be like oh i don't know like i'm fine i'm you know like a lot's going on but i'm fine and i'll look down one day and realize that like all of my fingers are like scabby bloody like messes right yeah. like oh i guess i am totally do you but at that but moment I won't are you like until I, and then you're just like oh oh <laughs> i oh, am stressed out I get, right yeah now it's, it's time it's to put like, band-aids on all my fingers oh, <laughs> oh dude. that's sad my mother actually when she was trying to get me to stop biting my nails she put some, some sort of spicy something or other on my nails yeah. so that i wouldn't bite them it's, and it's i remember nail crying yeah, it's a pretty it's a bitter nail polish that people do that yeah. put, they put on there uh, to yeah. make stop yep i forget why i stopped biting my nails but i did i don't know it was weird hmm. well anyway um, go ahead jenny anyway <laughs> no i was trying to think i i had a question now i totally spaced oh, it i was um, gonna ask why you decided to get into this line of work amy good question <laughs> i um <clears throat> It's a little bit, uh, a little bit embarrassing, but I'll just lay it out there, which is that um, I already have a healing practice where I do like super new age shit. Like I'm okay. Like I'm yeah. A, a, this. Yeah, I want to talk about this. Jenny got excited too. <laughs> I did. I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about it, and so that's why I'm like, this, I want to talk about the woo. I want to talk about the woo. Bring on the woo. Yeah, it's the woo. All the woo. So basically, I got in. So I'm an I'm a full on energy healer. Like love. Like I will, like up to my elbows in your chakras kind of business. Oh, so um, cool. Like talking to your spirit guides, like all of that. And and as a caveat, I want to say that I am um, a big fan of science and yeah. rational empiricism, <laughs> which I understand is in direct conflict with with 
this awesome shit that I do. I don't think it has um, to be though. In my opinion, I don't fully think it's in direct conflict. I, I think it's just another way. It's just different. It is. Yeah, it is another way. Like the 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 most reasonable, rational place that I've been able to put it in terms of explaining it to people who are not down with woo is basically. It's sort of like it's it's basically almost like an act of hypnosis. Like it's basically a, a therapeutic thing where you're um, both working together in the space of what Jung called the act of imagination. Yeah. Um, is hypno if is hypnosis so- sanctioned by science and medicine? It is actually. I mean, it it sort of depends on. It goes through phases. Um, you know, for a while it was super popular, and then it got really discredited, and now it's going back. But like in the UK, it's totally like a thing. Um, oh, and they're always like ahead a, of a us. A thing with a capital. Except yeah, and it. <laughs> it seems like it's coming Sorry, back yeah. again. Like I hear more about it. Yeah, it does seem like it's coming back, and I and it, which I I'm glad about. I mean, it's it's an amazing tool. It's just a matter of like any other modality. It's just a matter of like what are your expectations and what what claims or promises are being made, and then how right. are they being kept. But if somebody's doing it responsibly, then it's fucking amazing. It's I have never seen anything quite so powerful. Cool. Um, but so the reason I got into it is that I am. Um, an energy healer and I have this little energy healing practice that just sort of like chugs along on its own until I had this moment of clarity where I realized that I was not uh, licensed to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) I I was not, I mean, I'm, I'm basically like I'm a faith healer, which under the state of Washington, like that covers the woo. Cool. uh, Which is reasonable. Um, But I don't, you know, it's like to, to have a license to touch people, um, which in energy healing, I do put hands on very lightly. Um, if you're not covered by the faith healer thing, then you really need to be a massage therapist. Like you need to have a license to touch people. Mm, right. And then if you're going to be doing talking intervention, that's a separate license. Um, mm. so you have to have a license to touch and you need to have a license to talk. Interesting. And I was looking, so I'm looking at all these things and I'm super, I mean, I'm, I would love to spend the rest of my life just going to school and learning all the things, but realistically, I can't afford to do that. Right. Um, so I was looking at something that would cover me from a liability perspective. Um, you know, that was moderately affordable and not too onerous to, to learn. And, um, and I landed on hypnotherapy, which in Washington state is like this gigantic loophole where, um, I'm going to be really honest with you guys. Like, you can become a licensed hypnotherapist, like a lay hypnotist, in like a weekend. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. So when you're so when you're working with a hypnotherapist, you really want to check their credentials. Right. <laughs> yeah. For the re- for the record, anyone that's listening, Amy Lee Morgan is very ethical and wonderful, and she I is. would never <laughs> do it. It's true. Untoward. And you're the type I'm, of person to. I'm really you're, you're the type of person who, when somebody meets you and talks to you it's very clear that you are like on a deeper connection level than like other people. Like you're very aware of like other people's vibes and like what they're putting out there. And like, you're able to kind of uh, like adjust for that and like help reel people in. And like, you're, I, you're very like, 
plugged in to the like emotional and, and you know, environment happening around you. Agreed. Thanks, Neil. Like ten years. Put that on her training. Link, put that on her LinkedIn oh. profile. <laughs> put that on my LinkedIn. Seriously, I mean, it is a good skill to have at work though. LinkedIn recommendations. <laughs> so that's so that's why I got into hypnotherapy was that I was I, I basically looked for like the most rigorous program that I could find for certification that I could afford. And the program that I found was a six day intensive. It was like six twelve hour days that was um, geared towards licensed mental health professionals. So it's geared towards, you know, shrinks and workers. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and I had to sign a waiver before I went in. I had to sign up the paper promising that if I had a question at any point in the course of the work that, um, that a real therapist would already know the answer to, that I would have to wait and ask that question on the break so that I wouldn't derail the class. Ooh. Wow. Um, how, wait, how, how, would know? how would you know? Yeah. You, you would totally, you totally know. Like, uh, like, like there are these places where it's like, Oh, like, so how could you tell that that's borderline personality disorder? Or, you know, how would you mm-hmm. know not to ask leading questions and instead do this other thing? Like they're totally just like some sort of basic things. That you yeah. They were already trained everybody. That. Or you look around at everybody else in the room and if they're like, yeah, I'm totally following it, and you're the only one lost, then mm-hmm. you can just maybe check <laughs> Did you have a lot of those moments where you went at later and you were like, I have a few questions that I didn't want to ask in front of everybody? Yeah. No, I actually did not, and I was really pleased and surprised. Nice. Um, so my, my, woo, my woo school that I went to, I went to for five years, and it was run by a PhD psychotherapist who did a lot of, I realize now that I'm in a, in a cohort with a lot of people who run, like, you know, I work with a woman who runs like an eating disorder clinic and mm-hmm. people who work with, um, you know, traumatized kids in foster care, like, you know, like hardcore mental health professionals. Yeah. And, um, and I realized when I look back at the WU program that I went through that she built in a lot of foundational stuff. So I just was so grateful that I was, um, but I got that. And it, and I do a lot of reading on my own. Like I basically, because I've decided I, I can't afford to go to grad school right now, I basically just pick up grad school curricula and then um, read the books that they read. That just, that just, that just chafes my hide. That you have yeah. to, I mean, I, I understand that it doesn't work for everybody, but for there, there are people out there who are, are self learners and it's just, just the fact that you have to pay all this money. Anyway, I'm just going to put that on the back burner. Yeah. Let's keep talking about hypnotherapy. Um, I was, this is kind of backing up. So like the whole thing with um, the being licensed to do like energy healing, is that like, so like Reiki is, is that a combination of massage and energy healing or is it just because um, a massage therapist can touch people? Is that a way that they folded the energy healing into the whole Reiki well, that's, thing. I mean, that's a lot of, a lot of massage therapists get, just pick up Reiki as an add-on. It's Reiki. I knew I was not, saying it wrong. <laughs> it's, um, like they're not even really that into it. And frankly, you know, Reiki training is, is 
as with most things in the woo world, it's like you can find some really amazing ones and then you can find ones where somebody's like, come to my house for the weekend and you'll be a Reiki master by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Where you really don't get any real practice in terms of um, of working with people, like working with people's energy and like really starting. I mean, it's a new skill. It's basically, I mean, okay, I'm going to lay this out there too, that like basically anybody can do woo work it's just a matter of how you pay attention, right? So, like, you know, like, when, like, okay, like, we're all writers, right? So, it's like, mm-hmm. we didn't start out having a, a necessarily a finely tuned ear for language, for cadence, for rhythm, for word repetition, any of those things, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we yep. refined our skills over years and years and years of practice, and now it's, and now it's automatic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so as a woo person, um, it's essentially the same thing. And lots of, lots of healers, whether they're shrinks or massage therapists or anybody else, it's like you work with people long enough. You're basically listening. You're, you're developing other ways. You're paying attention to other sensory input than Mm. just like you do in your normal life. Right. Right. Like Mm -hmm. if you touch enough people long enough, you start to like kind of know what things mean and how they go. Mm hmm. Um, and so with energy work, it's a lot of just paying attention to those little moments. Like, have you ever had a moment where, like, you walk into a room and there's two people and they're sitting normally and they're talking normally, but you could totally they've just had, like, a nasty fight? Yeah. All you can just tell. the time. Yeah, you can tell. There's just, like, <laughs> right. a vibe in the air. There, it's, like, heavy with something. Just a, yep. Yeah, like there's just a vibe. And so that's basically like, that's a a great example of the kind of stuff that, that like in my energy practice, it's just a matter of paying attention to those things and, and, um, and validating them, you Mm -hmm. know, like actually listening to that moment where you're like, you know, and, and I had checked things with people. It's like, like I was working with a woman this very weekend, in fact, just yesterday. And, um, we were doing some work in her, um, I'm just going to follow weird and work in her second chakra, which is, um, which is your, which is your pelvic area. So it's like she had had a hysterectomy and she had had some other things. But like as I was working in this area, I started like, for me, I get a lot of, um, images and impressions. Mm. So it's like, I'll just, and I'll notice the difference between like, is this something I would normally be thinking about? Or is this something that is not usual? Mm-hmm. And usually it's the things that are not usual where it's like, Oh, I don't usually think about red sneakers. Why am I thinking about red sneakers? Um, and so I'm working on this woman. I'm just picking up all of these sort of impressions that I have come over the long course of, you know, 10 years of being a blue person of associating with, um, some kind of like maybe sexual violence, like some history of, you know, like some trauma, like Mm -hmm. some sort of trauma in her pelvic part and not even necessarily physically in her pelvic part, but just energetically, like there is a, there was some damage there. Right. Um, and so as I'm working, you know, I very gently would say, and I check it with people. I'm like, so I'm, ex- I'm, I'm picking up a thing and I'm not making up a story about the thing. It matches a pattern that I have seen where it's, you know, this is often a marker of whatever, of sexual, tra- of sexual violence or of, you know, um, you know, it's like you, of, of having an alcoholic parent and having a caretaking mm-hmm. dynamic, you know, whatever the thing is. Um, and that's great because, you know, and people love it because you validate it with them. You bring stuff up and they can, you know, you can be totally off. And they're like, nope, that's not me. Right. But 
like most of the time they're like, yeah, that's a thing. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Or even in that moment, even in that moment, if they don't want to, maybe it it just brings it up for them later to do. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Yeah, totally. They can go home and just sort of be with it. When does somebody, when does somebody, if they don't want to share it at them, when does somebody decide or figure out that they need energy healing? How do you come? How does anybody come to that? It's never occurred to me before, but I don't know. if that's... Yeah, I usually, I, so I get people usually, um, uh, I think maybe like three basic ways. So one is people who've never had energy healing before, but they have a friend who's into it. And mm-hmm. the friend is like, it's just really cool. You should go do it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So they'll just sort of show up. And, and a lot of times I get people who are in transition. So, okay, so that's the one is just like, I have a friend. I think it's cool. Like, go do it. The other is um, people who, like, they feel bad, but they can't really put their finger on why. Mm. So, like, Physically it wouldn't bad or even really bad? be useful to go to therapy. I'm usually, like, emotionally bad, mentally okay. bad. You know, where it's like, oh, like, I just feel like, stuck in my life or like I feel like they have angst mm, but you know, they don't want to have, go to like, therapy yeah it's like they can't even really figure out what they would talk about in therapy but they have like formless angst where they're just like I don't know like I just feel like I need a thing and mm. I've heard that this thing is pretty cool and there, mm. there are people who are like can you just like clear my negative energy yeah hmm. like they're just like can you just like whatever it is can you just like pull it off of me yeah um Right. And so, and then the third kind is usually people who have like gnarly physical conditions that the medical establishment has not really been able to help them make a uh, lot of headway on. Yeah. I get a lot of people with like autoimmune disorders. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Like people who have like, I've been working with a guy for a while who has had um, ulcerative colitis for a long time. Right. Ooh. A series of surgeries that haven't gone very well and... And I always am trying to be really clear with people that it's like, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to, or cancer, I get people who have cancer and MS. Um, and it's like energy work isn't going to heal those things. Like, that, right. like energy work is not a substitute for medical care. Right. Ever. Um, but it can be a fantastic, fantastic supporting like complementary therapy because, um, Again, you're sort of working that unconscious level. So there's that place of like, there's this really, for me, like very alarming and dangerous place that's in the new age community, which is basically like, oh, if you're sick, then like, what's wrong with the way that you're thinking? It's like, think yourself well. You know, so it's like, mm, like, what's going on in your life? Like, right. why do you have, what's your unresolved issue that's making you eat yourself from the inside out? Um, that sounds like Christian science. It's that, right? Totally. Yeah. Mm. Right. And that to me is like, that's super dangerous. And it's especially dangerous because it's blaming people for being sick, which is just, like so shitty. Yeah, that is super um, shitty. And then how are you supposed to feel well again? Because definitely part of, of, of feeling well and like it, it, it is like a, a mental thing. So why would you make somebody feel bad about being sick? Like they did it to themselves. <laughs> like right. so backwards. Yeah. But like one, so one of the ways though that, that you can still like you can still acknowledge and work with the mind body connection without it shifting into 
basically like victim blaming. And mm-hmm. so there is a piece, like there's a really, really interesting and really cool piece where if you work with the body and you work with like one, like one of my favorite hypnotherapy techniques is, to, um, is if we're working something that's a physical issue is to, um, is to, is to sort of connect with like, you know, the part of the body that feels discomfort and then say, well, so if this part of the body could talk, like what would it say? Which is fantastic because it takes the conscious mind completely out of it. Like the person doesn't have to be like, uh, I think I'm sick because, or right. I feel uncomfortable because. Instead, it's just like, I'll use an example. I'll use an example of myself, right? So this mm-hmm. last retreat that I did, we were working the mind-body connection pretty hard. And I happen to have a cold, right? And, you know, an allergy. Like, I don't have any illusions about the fact that, like, I just had a fucking cold. My boyfriend went on a cruise and brought home some, like, super <laughs> virus that made me sick. Um, <laughs> but it was a great piece to start with where it was like, okay, but, you know, but I have allergies all the time. So what is that? And so we, you know, so we got into trance. was like, all right. So if, you know, if your sinuses could talk, what would they say? And the first thing that come up, and I was totally surprised, was like, they would, my sinuses would tell me to shut the fuck up. They would tell me to <laughs> shut up and be small. And I ended up working this huge small. piece around be small, like basically to like make my personality smaller, like to not be, to not have as much energy. Right? Because mm. it's like, right, because it's like when I feel really congested, it's like, oh, like my energy is totally damped down. Like I'm not even getting enough oxygen. You know? um, and so take a chill pill kind of thing <laughs> take a chill pill but in like in sort of like a yucky way of like it ended up being a big piece around me being um, you know like in my childhood environment people being really uncomfortable with how much energy I had and how many ideas I had and how creative I am and how like I'm big like I'm sort of a big personality like I can be even when I'm not manic like mm-hmm. I'm I got a lot going on. Yeah. And as a parent now, I can totally understand like a parental impulse to be like, oh my God, can you please put that away for a while? Right. Um, <laughs> Tamp it down. Interesting. So if somebody were to come to you and, and say they weren't quite sure what they needed, if they needed energy work or if they needed hypnotherapy or, or what, like how would you decide what to recommend? I, nine times out of 10, what I do with people who aren't sure, well, I first of all, I assess their level of like, how much, how much work that they want to do in that moment, like right. how much, how much kind of emotional stamina do they have in that moment? Right. Um, a lot of times in hypnotherapy, I'll spend a lot of time, like multiple sessions, we won't even really go into the hard work. Um, I'll just spend a lot of time doing what they call resourcing, which is just helping people get in touch with um, ways to help themselves feel safe. Oh. So we'll do, like we'll do a place where it's like you go to a safe place and you allow yourself to really be there and we'll get in touch with like a wise adult who lives inside you. And there are all these really lovely pieces that sound a little cheesy. But no, it doesn't sound cheesy. I don't think it sounds cheesy. It sounds interesting. Okay, I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, is this cheesy? Um, but it's, well, it's like it's figuring out ways like, to help yourself. Right. You know, whether yeah, it's whether it's just saying, like, help yourself or saying, find the wise person like, inside of you. Like, 
I don't know. I don't think it's cheesy. Yeah. Some people, some people can't even connect with that. Like we, I have a whole sort of like, if this, then that track, which is basically like, if they can't find a safe place inside themselves, like if a safe place doesn't come and they can't connect to a wise adult, then like, what do you do? And it's amazing. Like some people, I remember the first time I was in hypnosis and we did the safe space exercise as like go to a safe place. I just started crying because mm. I realized that like every safe place that was coming up for me was a physical place in my life that I had lost. Mm-hmm. It was like places I couldn't go anymore. Mm. And I just was like, and I was completely surprised. I wasn't super emotional going in. Like I doesn't really activate it, but it was this sense, this profound sense of like loss and anxiety. Cause it's like, I felt like, right, there's not a safe place. I don't have one. Um, and so many people have that, like, that's really normal, which is sort of heartbreaking, but, um, well, yeah. I think it's, something I, 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 you have to learn, oh, no, go ahead, Mary. you have to learn it, right. Be taught it maybe. Yeah. yeah or maybe find yeah. new safe how places. Do, I don't know. Yeah. How do you find new safe places? Like, and that's yeah. the whole sort of alternative track is just like, well, okay. It's, like, and, and reassuring them, like, it's okay. Like, it's totally okay if you feel lost and freaked out right now. Like, here are some things. And, it, and it, like, also, it's okay to mourn those things. It's right. It's really great yeah. to mourn. Right. Like, some people, yeah. I wonder, it is, it is I bet some people also come up with unhealthy ways to have a safe place. Like, people who have, like, multiple personality disorder and stuff like that, mm. you know? It's true. So, that is, that's something I don't have really any experience with because I I don't work on people who have diagnosed um, conditions. Mm-hmm. That seems, that seems like a are, safe thing for you. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't I'm think not, I want I'm, to do that. <laughs> I'm not a shrink, so I'm not really <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, so if somebody has, I mean, I'll work with people who have like depression, like that's something I feel comfortable with. Or I'll work with people, like eating disorders is a thing that sort of surprised me, but it, it goes hand in hand with people who, who want to lose weight, you know, people who want to reduce are typically have some sort of disordered pattern around their eating. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're in like, you're working with like bulimia or you're working with something else, which, oh, which took heavy. me totally by surprise. And I'm, I'm still, I feel like I need a lot more training before I can show up fully for those people. But I do have a long list of like, um, references I'll refer them out you know I'm like you know we did great work in session and I would love for you to keep working with this nice lady right yeah very and sometimes it's the first time that they've sort of connected that like they have a like a disordered pattern Mm -hmm. Uh, you know when it's like they look up the person on the internet and they're like oh this person is at an eating disorder clinic um wow maybe there's something sort of like fundamentally wacky about my relationship with whatever Mm. Yeah. So if you, I'm guessing that there are probably some people who have been listening to this and think maybe that they could find some, you know, help in hypnotherapy or in energy work and think maybe it's something they would want to try or that they're into. Like, do who do you recommend that for? Like, oh gosh, you know, I. <laughs> I would love to say I recommend it for everybody because it's amazing. <laughs> uh, That's how I feel about therapy. <laughs> it's, I know, right? Everybody I want everybody to go to therapy. <laughs> I feel like people should be assigned a therapist at birth. <laughs> like, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I mean, really, I can't think of people it's not good for. Again, 
it's not so hypnotherapy unless you're working with a licensed mental health professional is is not necessarily great for people who are um, have schizoid issues. Yeah, energy work is actively contraindicated for people who have dissociative personality disorders. Like uh-huh. if, if mm. you are on the spectrum of a dissociative personality disorder, whether that's full-on schizophrenia or something milder, energy work is not your jam. Like that is not going to help you stay integrated and be in your body. Mm. Um, Why is that? But um, because you are working in an altered state. Like you're, you're basically triggering a dissociative state in the process. So you don't, that's not great. For Interesting. That. Okay. That's that. Um, but for, I mean, it's really fantastic. Like for people who are, um, it's, it's fantastic energy work, especially energy work that has a, like a, a really sort of rich support structure built around it. So like just Reiki by itself without any sort of like, um, if you're not already working with a therapist or if your energy worker isn't trained in therapeutic modalities, like I am, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a therapist. Um, Reiki by itself is, is great. It feels really yummy, but it can, it can sort of stir up some things. Like when people say like, oh, like I'm going to clear out this negative energy. Like that negative, like what is negative energy? Like that negative energy is like all that shit that you have about your stepdad or whatever. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. It's nothing. Your baggage. You know, it's not like, oh, like it's some sticky gummy that I'm going to rinse off of me. Right. It's like there's no a reason that there. you have it. If you release it, you're going to have feel different maybe it's like a massage where like you can work on the knots they don't ever really go away but you can loosen them up a little bit yeah or also when i get a massage they're like okay we just we just like let all these kind of toxins out and they're Mm -hmm. like just you got to drink a lot of water and you just got to like relax and yeah yeah right you got to give yourself space because you're changing you're changing so it's like i mean so a lot of times if you think about like I think of like a really common one like um okay so like you know like you might have have like a um a sort of a dysfunctional relationship with a friend mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I know most had this state where it's like you have a friend and you know like the dynamic's kind of not great maybe it's a little bit abusive maybe it brings out the worst in both of you and so but you're also really like dysfunctionally like codependently close yeah. And then at some point you're like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not, I can't do this friendship anymore. Like I can't be in this relationship. And, um, yep. and so you cut it off, you stop it. And then like what happens afterwards, there's like, there's this period of time where you miss that person and you want to call them or you're still carrying on like your old arguments in your head. And then if you can't, satisfy those needs to talk to that person or to do that thing then it's like then all your shit comes up right like you go through like a week of just feeling like right you know (laughs) because that's I mean that's you've just changed it like you've changed the habit and even though you've changed your state for the better there's this adjustment period where you have to sort of deal with like god why was I in that relationship Mm -hmm. what did I all that stuff so you know, I mean, so any change is going to require a little bit of tenderness with oneself. Mm-hmm. But the people who I think energy work and hypnotherapy are really good for are people who are um, 
who basically, I mean, it's the people who come to see me. It's like, if there's like something kind of jamming you up and you're not sure what it is and you can't get out of therapy and, you know, you feel like you want to, I also get a lot of people who are in transition. I think energy work and hypnotherapy are both fantastic for people who are in major transition. Like career so, transitions or something like that? Yeah, you know, getting divorced is a big one. People uh. who are going through relationships. Um, people who, if you're, if you are going through a medical, I don't want to say crisis necessarily, but you've got a medical issue that's ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, energy work can be fantastic for that. Um, hypnosis is really great for changing habits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly. Like there's a reason it's the go-to. Like if you wanna, if you wanna change a habit, hypnosis is like super, super effective. That's awesome. I feel like yeah. I have learned so much in this in this hour that we've been talking. This was this was intense. Yeah. Was it? <laughs> yeah. It's really Heavy. cool. I mean, I, I expected no less, but it was intense. <laughs> I just am glad that there are people like you out there, Amy, who are like looking into this stuff and bettering the brains of people out in this world, helping us and deal also with our from shit. like from like again, like to drop the e word, but from a super ethical standpoint, like you, yeah. you're not just it's not like some snake oil bullshit. Like you, you espouse these ideas and you you go out there and you per- perform this in a very responsible way. Yeah, that's kudos you. (laughs) Thanks, thanks, guys. So again, to anyone who is listening, if you are interested in this sort of work, it is delicious. It's yummy. It's especially with energy work. It's kind of hard for it to go too wrong. Like with Reiki, it's hard. It's hard for people to mess that up. So just like go experience it and have a fun time with it. Cool. Um, Where where can people go on the internet to learn more about what you do or use your services or find out more elsewhere or do you recommend any resources for people? I do. Um, So I want to say that uh, the internet is a total fucking madhouse when it comes to looking up any sort of new age woo woo healing stuff. Like Mm. it is, it is completely bananas and it, I mean the bad web design is only really the tip of the iceberg. Um, (laughs) But it is, it is, Oh my God, it's so deeply off-putting, like flashing, like com- com- complimentary purples everywhere. Um, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it's hardcore. Oh, um, oh, yeah, lots of like super bad fonts, tiny italics. <laughs> um, for me personally, my website is groundedenergyhealing.com. Love it. And I don't link out to a lot of resources but I'm actually planning on putting together a resources page because people need it um, they need a responsible guide to the scary world of blue. Um, and Amy is practicing in the Seattle area yes correct cool. I'm in the Greenwood area okay. um, for hypnotherapy honestly just some basic googling a really fantastic site if you look up um, I can find our website there's a guy named Roy Hunter, H-U-N-T-E-R, who is kind of the, like, he's sort of like the gold standard in the U.S. for hypnosis and hypnotherapy. Um, hmm. Cool. 
therapeutic state. And so he's a really great place to start. Okay. Um, if you're kind of, if you're kind of wanting to look for more of like, well, what is it and how does it work? Right. Um, there are two books, one called the art of hypnosis and one called the art of hypnotherapy, both of which I highly recommend if you are looking to nerd into it. Um, I have and to say, it, I really, if you're just looking I, for someone who, go ahead. No, no, you go. It was a terrible, oh, wait, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I was going to make this stupid joke. <laughs> About Roy I just like that his name's. I just like that his name's Roy Hunter and not like Mes Mesmiro or something. Like that. <laughs> I know, that my, the best part. I apologize. That- I'm tired. It, Amy's been talking, and I feel like I'm hypnotized and making stupid jokes. <laughs> That's why we love Forget you, Jenny. It's, it's the, the best part is that I think he is retired in Enumclaw, Washington. Which, if you know Washington at all, Enumclaw is totally like. It's just it's got a, it's got a, it's got a, a patina. Wow. It has a patina. It has a. Do you know, a, do you know a who's from Enumclaw? Who? Byron. Oh, of course he is. He is. <laughs> Most Born of our raised, I think. do not know who that is. <laughs> it's okay. That's why I didn't right, say his last name, but he <laughs> knows who he is. Okay. And his wife knows who we're, he is. We're those people <laughs> at that party who were like, talking about people we know. Sorry. Um. <laughs> All right. So if you're just looking, if you are looking for a good hypnotherapist to help you either with habit change or with doing deeper work, um, Rain City Therapy in the Seattle area, Mm. there are two therapists practicing there who are fantastic. And God damn it. I can't remember Ren's last name now. Ren and Celia. (laughs) Sorry, I should have their names ready. Um, Rain City Therapy. They are hardcore, incredible therapists, talented, empathetic, and they're really talented hypnotherapists. Cool. Oh, so they, nice. they can do both. Okay. Yeah. And they're running a, uh, a six-week um, weight loss program that's actually pretty awesome. Nice. Very good. Sweet. Okay, Do well, they do smoking cessation, too, I take it? I don't know if they do smoking cessation. They may just be working with you. It's not like I. It's not like I'm asking for my brother or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> you should send him a link, Jenny. Hey, I know. We'll I just start like sending. We'll just take this offline, and I'll send you a recommendation for your for your nice brother Aww, who needs so to be bad. willing for right. it to work. Yeah, we'll see. We'll That's see. Hard. He likes That's, his rollies. That's probably the the <laughs> hardest part is the willingness. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much to Amy for yes. talking to us today. This was amazing and insightful and really, really interesting. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Any, anybody who enjoyed listening to today's episode and has enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe to us, write us a review, give us some stars. Uh, we love the props. Um, if you want to, if you want to tell us your thoughts, you can Email us at unsolicited.jenny.mary at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, our theme music is by the Wimps, uh, awesome Seattle band. And our album cover is by Allie Creighton, who is a really awesome Seattle artist as well and who just started a new um, really cool jewelry collection called tinytropics.com. And you should check that out if you're looking for some awesome fashion so yeah that's our show for today thank you guys thank you I'm gonna go dance like a chicken now (laughs) (laughs) this is the sound of a